What is up, brothers of discussion? This is episode 28. This is Big Kevin Fanboy Dave coming at you. And what a weekend we just had down in San Antonio, Texas this past Saturday for the WWE 2023 Royal Rumble. On our way, it was pretty nice and easy getting into the parking lot. It was, And uh, we made our way over to the Superstore. To much of our surprise, they were practically sold out of everything. Uh, when we got there and that was about three three and a half hours before the show i know fanboy dave wanted to go check it out and get some for his daughter and they had the memory of abilia from the a e show so i wanted to check that out but man i think triple h was just as surprised as us with all the merch being sold yeah i know it was crazy you know we got there to go to the superstore obviously you weren't at the superstore wrestlemania with me last year because um you bailed out but we ain't gonna talk about that oh right? here we go <laughs> however you know, yeah, I mean, there was a few things there. And, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, I chuckle a little bit because everybody says everything's bigger in Texas. The only sizes that were left were 2X, 3X, 4X, 5X. And, you know, um, unfortunately, I'm, I'm none of those sizes fit me or fortunate that doesn't none of those things fit me. And, however, it was also cool because the, the new uh, season uh, for A&E uh, special is about to uh, air in the future and it was cool to see all the memorabilia there that they used to show you know saw the macho man's uh giddy up um i believe hot rod roddy piper and many other things that um kevin will elaborate on because he got into the line you know i watched it from afar but still cool stuff that of uh, past times of memories that you have watching this great uh, wwe product yeah, it was pretty cool. I jumped in line while Fanboy Dave was uh, kind of checking the the uh, merch out. Yeah, I got to see it, Piper's Pit to the Mega Powers robe that uh, Macho Man Randy Savage wore to Ultimate Warrior gear to Dusty Rhodes, Scott Steiner. I mean, they had all kinds of stuff there. Ray Mysterio mask, Triple H uh, SummerSlam uh, outfit with the purple pants. I believe that was SummerSlam 98. If I'm correct, he, he fought The Rock. Had pretty some pretty neat stuff. Um, the Hart Foundation jackets with Jim the Anvil Nyhart and Bret Hart. Uh, so it was pretty cool just to see some of the stuff that they've been able to pick up from that show and they were able to display for us fans. I tried to warn Fanboy Dave. I got an email from Ticketmaster, which is pretty cool that, to be honest, guys, if you were went to the show and you bought tickets through Ticketmaster, which is the official site for the tickets, they had really good communication. Uh, so there was really no confusion. And part of that communication was the superstore ordering ahead and picking up at the counter. And I'm just, I just messed with fanboy Dave because I was like, yeah, see, you should have ordered it. Kind of fast forward. And at that point, we hit the uh, Triple H uh, post-conference of the event. And yeah, he was uh, shocked. He was kind of like, we were pretty much said we weren't prepared or we were overwhelmed and they need a lot more merch. Speaking of that, uh, because this will tie into it, fanboy Dave, record gate now you heard triple say record gate and when you talk about record gate they're obviously talking about the entry the price of admission how much did they obtain and they net 7.7 million dollars it's the largest pay-per-view gate in history yeah that just shows you i mean i know um again we've talked about like this was the fifth time that uh wwe has been uh for the rumble but it just shows how much they have uh faith that the wwe universe or wwe fans are going to come out and spend their hard-earned money 
on this great product that we love and that we watch. And that number just shows that that's a huge reason that they always do come to Texas. And you know what? The crazy thing is the 2017 uh, Royal Rumble that we also attended actually had a few more fans than this past Saturday. Back in uh, 2017, it was 52,020. This year, it was just over 51,000. So, uh, which kind of crazy is because when we went in 2017, they did a $4.9 million at the gate. Let me make sure I'm very clear. This is for Royal Rumble. It's not comparing WrestleMania when I said uh, premium live event. Uh, it's the largest Royal Rumble gate. They increased 57% over the previous record, uh, which was the San Antonio 2017 at $4.9 What do you attest to this? Do you, I mean, obviously there's about the same amount of people, but I'm thinking with the inflation and keeping those prices up on those tickets and really just the demand. I think people want to see uh, this new WWE with Triple H at the helm. I think I would um, equate it to that as well. But needless to say, we seem to be going to where they break re records, fanboy Dave. We were there for Mania 32 when they broke the, the Cowboys record uh, with all those fans there. Uh, we just got to attend this Royal Rumble with the largest gate. So pretty cool. I believe it's a factor of everything you just said with inflation, with ticket demands, and with the new regime running this and the excitement that Triple H has injected into the WWE product that uh, it's a it's a must see. It's it, it's a hot ticket. You know, you, you think of Taylor Swift and you know more Morgan Wallen. I think that's how you say his name. Could be wrong. Aaron Watson. You know, just hot acts. That's a must see or Bebuni, and that's where WWE is. And so, if you get a chance to get to a premier live event, it's an experience like Triple H says that you'll never experience anywhere else. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, let's just get right into it, Fanboy Dave. And I was a little surprised, but at the same time, it's a first. And again, we got to go to a an event where there's a first, and that is they came right out of the gate with the Men's Royal Rumble to start this evening. And before I jump to that, Pat McAfee made his return. You know, it looked like they had to change his music up a little bit, maybe due to music rights or WWE not wanting to pay for song. So, um, but it was, yeah, it was great to see him and just to watch the Royal Rumble later on, just to see how uh, Corey Graves was not excited to see him. But apparently, Cole had no idea because his excitement was uh, genuine, which I thought that was kind of cool not to let him know that, hey, Pat McAfee's coming out to be ready for that, to get that uh, genuine surprise, because you could tell he really does love working with Pat McAfee. Yeah, it, he definitely brings a level uh, for Michael Cole, and it, it's fun. And you're right, Corey Graves, even in person, you could just, you know, he stands up, you can see him visibly, and he looks like he's just like, <laughs> he's pissed, like, damn, dude, you're coming in and taking my taking my spot with Michael Cole and still in my thunder, which I feel like, uh, by the way, Corey Graves has, has done sensational work. He's super underrated. Um, I think he's coming along as an announcer. So that's good stuff, man. But yeah, let's jump in the men's Royal Rumble. If you get Gunther and Sheamus at one and number two spot, and boy, do those two go the distance. And this was pretty cool. I even saw all over the weekend, Sheamus sent out a tweet about something to the effect of a, a trilogy. So is he expecting 
to maybe face Gunther here down the road. Um, we definitely got to see him clash at the castle, which was amazing. Gunther and Sheamus kick off the Royal Rumble with the number one and number two spot. He is a special talent, just like I talk about Raquel. That that uh, superstar, I mean, he has the factor. I know you've been a coach for a long time, and there's just some people that just have that it factor. You know, it's not teachable. You can't do that. You have it or you don't. I mean, and he has it. Um, tremendous stamina. Um, you know, we'll go through the rumble, like participants that were in there. But Gunther started at number one, and he showed out. And you know I'm high on him for several months. I've been talking about he looks the part. He looks like a wrestler. And uh, he dropped that weight. And, um, you know, when he was Walter and now he's Gunther. And, but anyway, uh, yeah, man, he just looks the part. And even Cody Rhodes after the Rumble even had mentioned, um, man, he's scary. Like, uh, he's going to be a massive, massive uh, producer for this industry for a long time. So that's a, that's a huge compliment because coming from Cody Rhodes, who has been around the golden age of wrestling back in the eighties and nineties, if you will. And then also different promotions. And for him to say that about him, I thought that was a huge compliment coming down the uh, ring. Next is the Miz and Kofi Kingston and Johnny Gargano is going to round off the top five people that came out in the rumble. The Miz gets eliminated by Sheamus. Kofi Kingston eventually gets eliminated by Gunther. Again, here's a Kofi spot and he gets botched. Poor Kofi he was trying to hang on to that chair with that foot, uh, what she's done so many times in the past. But yeah, me and you were like, okay, what happened to Kofi? Did he get eliminated? Because on the screen, as a fan, we just see him on the ground with his foot on top of the chair, meaning that he did not get eliminated. But of course, as we know later on, as we watched the premium live event through our Peacock, he got eliminated. So poor Kofi. Yeah. Um, I think it was real uh, ironic that the Miz was the first one to be eliminated. You know, then um, you know at seven, yeah, Karrion Cross come out. I mean, he did pretty well. Uh, it looked like every time one of the big superstars came in, like Gunther was ready to challenge them, and they would go at it for you know a minute or two. And then uh, I mean, who doesn't love Shush Chad Gable, him and Xavier doing that uh, little spot of actual. Uh, like Roman Greco wrestling. I mean, Kofi held his own, and people may forget that Chad Gabriel, you know, was a Olympic qualifier. I mean, he is a true wrestler like Kurt Angle. I mean, he can he can shoot. I mean, he can do it all. I mean, and Kofi held his own, so I was really impressed with that. Well, that was Xavier Woods. They were doing a grappling, wasn't That's that? What I said. Oh, well, you said Kofi. Yeah, I said Kofi. <laughs> yeah, I had to mess you up. Uh, with that no Xavier Woods uh, came in they carry across but yeah that little uh, amateur wrestling freestyle with uh, Xavier Woods and, and uh, Chad Gable was definitely fun to watch of course we get at number nine Drew McIntyre comes down he lasts about 40 minutes in the rumble himself but who gets eliminated by Gunther eventually but Drew McIntyre and Sheamus helping each other out along the way throughout the rumble they even eliminate Otis down the line. We'll talk about that here soon. But they uh, uh, eliminate both of them, Drew and Sheamus. I'm bringing this up. They eliminated Elias together. But that I'm wondering where they're going with that. Is are they just going to be an alliance? Are they kind of doing away with McIntyre and Sheamus? What do you do with these two if you are the Booker here going forward, fanboy? Uh, we uh, just maybe give them another title shot. 
Uh, I mean, they work well together unless you're going to have McIntyre go after um, the Intercontinental Championship. I mean, they work well together, but then you would have to pull them from the Brawling Brutes. So, I don't know. You may still keep McIntyre out there with maybe a championship match down the road. Um, either way, I think um, singles competition or tagging together, I mean, they're still both good and people will watch regardless if they're in singles competition or tagging. Yeah, no doubt, man. I I, I think you could plug them anywhere uh, just because they have so much credibility. They're former champions. Uh, I think you could plug them anywhere. Hey, Santos Escobar comes down at number 10. Uh, Angelo Dawkins and the big surprise and maybe not to some but I felt like it was a nice surprise from the beginning at number 12 Brock Lesnar people went to suplex city you're getting suplexes Drew McIntyre getting suplex Sheamus getting suplex uh, uh, Dawkins getting suplex everybody was going to suplex city because nobody could stop Brock Lesnar he ends up throwing out uh, Santos Escobar, uh, Angelo Dawkins. He ends up throwing out Chad Gable. So he definitely was eliminating and taking people to Suplex City for sure. Until Bobby, the almighty Lashley, comes down at number 13, which was kind of crazy to, to considering how uh, Brock Lesnar got the best of Bobby recently. And now Bobby coming down the aisle, trying to get some revenge on Brock Lesnar. And that's exactly what eventually happens uh, with Brock Lesnar getting eliminated by Bobby Lashley in the amount of two minutes and 28 seconds that Brock Lesnar was in the ring and Brock Lesnar was pissed. He, he threw a big fit. He threw the, the uh, steps on top of the table. He was throwing things left and right. Brock was so mad and everything. And that even um, he checked the referee. Yeah. He's going to get fined about that. That even our number 14 participant, um, which JBL calls the modern day wrestling god, Baron Corbin met the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar because he just straight jacked him up before he even got to the ring. He was so upset, and not, I thought that was funny. Not that he needs any coaching up from uh, Braun Strowman, but it looked like that Braun Strowman train coming around the ring because Brock Lesnar just bulldozed Baron Corbin. Poor Baron Corbin, man, just bad luck just gets flat pancaked by Brock Lesnar. And you're right. He he sure does. He gets blindsided and he gets knocked out. But that's not who eliminates him by any means because Baron Corbin eventually slides back into the ring. Up next, we get at 15, your boy, Seth freaking Rollins. And that's who ends up taking Baron Corbin out in seven seconds. But Seth freaking Rollins, man, showing up and showing out. Yeah, for sure. You know, Seth's a fan favorite, and, you know, he heard the thousands of fans in attendance just singing this song and, you know, um, just doing what he does. And he had a great showing out, too. Um, and then number 16, Big Otis, you know, for the Academy. And Otis is on that line, like, yes, uh, Alpha Academy is a heel, but the fans just love Otis. You know, he does this thing and a little bit from whenever um, he was with his old tag team partner. And, of course, he's doing this thing. And then um, I can't remember who fell down. But then he gets to do the caterpillar because he's a larger man. And 
one person that didn't make it down the ringside was number 17 and the place popped big for Rey Mysterio. And we were kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and nothing came about it. But as we know, as wrestling fans, there's probably some storyline we didn't get to see on TV that maybe the Judgment Day attacked him or, or something happened. We didn't get any answers until number 18. Dominic Mysterio comes down wearing Ray's mask. So it kind of alluded to maybe they attacked him in the back and we didn't get to see that as fans, obviously. Uh, but Ray Mysterio at number 17 does not come out at all. He was unable to compete. I thought we were going to get a Bret Hart, Owen Hart, 94 Royal Rumble when Owen attacked Bret and Bret didn't come out till later. What's your thoughts on this, Rey Mysterio? Dominic, do we? Do you think we could eventually see this big WrestleMania match here? Son versus father. I mean, there is money to be made, but, you know, Rey has talked, you know, to m different media outlets, basically saying that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to fight his son. But there comes a time, yes, you could turn Dominic back to face down the road. But right now, I mean, his whole uh, prison uh, gimmick, I mean, it, it's working well with the Judgment Day. And for him, you know, because a lot of people, whenever he did turn heel at first, were like, there's no way Dom can pull this heel character off. But he's not doing a bad job. I mean, he's getting booed. And at the end of the day, when you're a heel, you're trying to get as much heat as you can and fans really don't like them and it's more of a like you know not to even compare him to the nature boy rick flair but whenever he would get on his knees and and plead with you be like no no i'm sorry don't hit me i mean that's the way like dom is to get that and like the fans are just wanting somebody just to whoop the tar out of him and so it works no i completely agree and because of his size, he's not really one to intimidate anybody. So it's almost the fans can really get behind it because you as a fan think, man, I can whoop Dominic's butt. I do think we do see Ray Mysterio and Dominic. It's, I think it's part of the storyline. Hey, I don't want to fight my son, fight my son. I think it comes a time where you get pushed and pushed and pushed and all of a sudden you get that breaking point. I'm hoping we get to see that. And I think for Ray to put his son over potentially – that could be huge for Dominic's career, especially over somebody of Ray Mysterio's ca uh, caliber, for sure. Somebody, man, that we thought we were going to get a push, but, man, he's for Elias, man. Uh, gets eliminated 39 seconds right after entering the ring from Drew McIntyre and Sheamus. Poor Elias, man. But he does get a guitar shot in, and, you know, people kind of excited about that. Coming down at number 20 was Finn Balor. Um, and Finn Balor in the Judgment Day growing stronger in numbers uh, because now we have Dominic Mysterio and now Finn Balor's in the ring. Now they get a little alliance accumulating in the ring, just like Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. Somebody coming down at number 21, a surprise spot from NXT had talked about maybe him possibly being an entrance. You know, we didn't get to see it in Houston and we get to see it here in San Antonio. Booger T., Coming down the ring. What's your thoughts about this spot? Yeah, it was a good surprise to see Bucca, you know, T out there. And everybody knew he wasn't going to win. I mean, there was only one reason for him to go out to the Rumble was to do what everybody wanted him to do, to get that hand and look at it. And it starts shaking. And you shake it and shake it. And then he does the spinner Rooney. 
and the fans just pop for that. And then, of course, he gets eliminated by the General Gunther, uh, who was doing a fair share of eliminating people. And, of course, he got booze because, you know, in any state, but especially when you have a state favorite uh, that you love or respect, you want to give them their due and give them enough time to be in that rumble. And, you know, the boo birds came out because it seemed that he got eliminated too fast. Yeah, no doubt, man. Uh, when you heard that, can you dig it, sucker? Oh, man, I was jumping up and down. Uh, I love uh, Booker T. Uh, he's just fun entertainer. Uh, and he looks the part still, man. He was in phenomenal shape. I saw a bunch of haters online uh, that were like, oh, he lost a lot of muscle mass. And dude, guy's 57. He's way better shape than you, the keyboard warrior out there. I was excited. I was happy. I had no complaints about him being in the Rumble. Again, if you're going to get eliminated, it's not too bad getting eliminated by Gunther, who the company is really behind. So I think uh, he got the rub uh, for sure, even more from uh, Booker T. Damian Priest comes down at number 22. And this is definitely now full strength for the Judgment Day. So now we have Finn Balor, Dominic Mysterio, and Damian Priest. Man, Dominic... And Damian Priest, uh, they're really growing on me a little bit. I, I'm starting to enjoy uh, Damian Priest um, as an entertainer. Uh, I think he could get, you know, he could be there uh, one day uh, up in the upper card eventually. He's grinding his way and he's paying his dues for sure. Hey, Montez Ford comes down at number 23. Uh, and then we get another return. I think it's like the 500th return from Edge. Uh, not that I'm hating on Edge, but Edge comes out. We saw this already. His return at the 2020 Royal Rumble when we were there in Houston. And uh, Edge had obviously a big uh, return there. Uh, but here, not so big. But again, the crowd popped, had a nice pop form, and they were welcoming him back. Uh, thoughts on Edge coming in here uh, when the Judgment Day was strong in numbers, three against one? I mean, it makes sense for him to come back because um, they're not done with this storyline with Edge and the Judgment Day. However, you are correct. It's not as big as pop as it was in Houston. Coming to for that is that, you know, they are like, or me, myself, were like, okay, I saw that. Houston was great because you really didn't expect it. But now him coming out, okay, yeah, this is not really going to work until he has an alliance to take on the Judgment Day. So, I mean, as you see, you know, he does well in there. He does eliminate Priest. Um, he does uh eliminate uh Finn Balor. Uh, Dominic doesn't get eliminated, but then uh, Finn and Priest just basically pull Edge out of the of the Romo, eliminate him, and start fighting outside and um, into the entryway. So, don't know how much further they're going to go with this, but at the end of the day, I think Edge either needs to go over or they really need to just put them out, and then just let the Judgment Day continue going and getting stronger. Well, as you know, Edge and them, you know, battle it back, and then all of a sudden, you know, we got Edge on his on his, on his his side, and he's getting kicked in, and his wife, Beth Phoenix, comes out and helps save the day uh, and attacks Rhea Ripley, who was found in the entryway. So we definitely have something brewing and something building up. I personally think, what better way than Elimination Chamber? You're in Canada for that event, which is Edge's country. Uh, I could see something developing there. 
I don't know if I would wait till Mania for this, but that would definitely intrigue somebody to tune in on that Elimination Chamber. But that's definitely coming down the pike for sure. One thing that was a little surprising prior to Edge coming out was that Montez really didn't get a bunch, uh, uh, a lot of minutes here because he was eliminated as well early. So I was surprised on that. But then again, yes, after Edge um, was eliminated, the now Austin Theory is the next participant to come into the Royal Rumble at number 25. United States WWE champion. He gets in the Rumble, and he is lasting 16 minutes. And uh, Austin Theory, man, he looks like an athlete. He looks the part. He can hang with the best of them for sure. And then we get at 26 that is just towering among the Dome is almost, and he comes down. He just looks like a giant, like a, not a man among boys, a giant among boys. Uh, what's your feel? I think people um, are kind of warming up to him. Like he's not just like the giant Gonzalez of back in the day. Yeah, Omos is doing well. His uh, his progress is getting a lot better. They're not rushing him. He will possibly be an Intercontinental Champion, U.S. Champ. I'm not ready to give him the stamp of World Champ. But, I mean, yeah, he's doing well. And, you know, with him being so dominant, you don't have a lot of people to dominate. And then your next participant to come in there at number 27 was Braun Strowman. And then they had their beef from Crown Jewel. And then they go at it and fight each other and hit each other. And Braun gets the upper hand and eliminates uh, Omos because I was, like, telling you who's going to take him out because the dude's big. So, Maybe they're going to go with the Braun and Omos still. Uh, but it was good to see that um, Braun get a little bit of respect on being dominant until Braun Strowman came in. And then, of course, at number 28, Braun Strowman's buddy, Ricochet, comes into the ring. And, you know, Ricochet, they call him the one and only. He had a tremendous uh, outing and good spots. Uh, were you excited to see Ricochet? Man, I was because Ricochet is an athlete. I'm not like, hey, I'm buying a ticket to go see Ricochet tonight. But I would definitely like him on the car because he is a superior athlete. Um, you know, when you talk about that, it's his agility, uh, the things he can do and move in the ring. And coming out at 29, the reason we're kind of fast forwarding to that is because we're going to talk about this spot because, I mean, it was just everywhere on social media this weekend. Logan Paul makes his surprise return coming off that big injury that we didn't think we were going to see him for another month or two. And the spot I'm talking about, as you know, is Logan Paul and Ricochet outside of the, on the apron and they both jump off the top rope and they collide in the center of the ring doing a springboard. Watching it live was truly amazing. And the crowd reaction just, they went berserk when they saw that. It was a sick spot. I've never seen it before. And, Fans enjoyed it, and uh, it was just amazing to see. So if he just focuses on being in the WWE, I mean, he could be a world champion. He's very young, and he looks hungry. So he needs to, if he wants to, just stick with being in WWE. Hey, Fanboy Dave, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about who came in at number 30. We'll be right back with Brothers of Discussion, episode 28. And we're back. And before we left off, we had uh, 29 participants in the Royal Rumble. And, of course, number 30, the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, 
is number 30 and he comes and you can just feel the energy from the fans. Like, this is your moment. Let's go get it done. You know, prior to getting an injury injured, he was saying that, you know, his goal was to be a world champ and Hey, what better way than try to win this Royal Rumble? Because it guarantees you the main event at WrestleMania. No doubt. And it's given him an opportunity to do so. And as you know, Cody was one of those entrances that were supposed to be a surprise, but they just allowed him to come out on Raw and do those vignettes and those promos. And he's declaring for the Raw Rumble, a super heavy favorite to win it. And everyone's prediction, uh, I don't think I heard anyone different. Everybody we talked to outside the arena before getting into the gate was Cody. We think Cody's going to win. And this is the rare time that they got it right. Cody wins the 2023 uh, Royal Rumble. He eliminates five contestants. He's lasting 15 minutes and eight seconds. And this is a huge match because he just came off his big torn peg muscle injury. He tied the eliminations with Gunther, who also eliminated five. And I'm so happy to see that those two got to have a wrestling match at the end. As, uh, one thing I want to kind of slide in is also Seth freaking Rollins was, was that triangular piece, right? But we see Logan Paul sliding in the ring and eliminating Seth freaking Rollins. Do you see something there, fanboy Dave, with Logan Paul and Seth freaking Rollins? Um, do you think that could be a match that everyone wants to see? Or at least it could be a match that people would like to see before we get on to Cody. Yeah, I think it's it's a match like see because you, you think about it, uh when Cody went in, he eliminates Dominique Mysterio, he he eliminates uh Braun Strowman, um Ricochet is eliminated by Austin Theory. So you have Austin Theory, Cody Rhodes, Seth Rollins, and Gunther because everybody had forgot that they thought Logan Paul got eliminated. So then they're fighting or whatever, then it's down to um um, Seth Rollins, Logan Gunter, and then when uh, Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins were like, "Let's go, let's go, let's do this," he's like, "You're not gonna steal this away from me again." Um, and they're just doing tap a tat on um, Gunther, and it looked like Cody was about to get eliminated, and then here comes Logan Paul and throws out Seth Rollins, and you can see the shock on Seth Rollins' face that he was like, "What just happened?" And yeah, I think um, Seth may have a match with Logan Paul. I mean, it's doable um, for the future because they're both young and Seth to have a match with Logan, he could teach him some things. So I think there's money to be made. No doubt. Cause they're both super athletic. Hey, at the end of the day, we had 10 SmackDown roster in the rumble. We had 19 from raw. And of course one was uh Booker T just kind of throwing that out there. Hey, one thing we talked about briefly about the rumble was uh we were like, dude, that's not 90 seconds. Well, supposedly, I guess we see, I see a website that tracks every um, second. And the irony is uh, everybody was over the minute 30 seconds, uh, which was kind of funny because I thought we had it under. I think there was one that was under a minute 30 seconds. But of course, I feel like this is obviously they can control it so they can do the spots and, and get what they need to get in. Um, but I just wanted to throw that out there. I thought that was kind of funny, but yeah, but definitely like you said with uh, Gunther and Cody having that match, he did really test that pec muscle because Gunther was chopping them, kicking it, Ooh. trying to um, just you know rip it out of socket. And Gunther doesn't hold no punches. Like he, if you're in there with him, you're going to be in a war. And you can see the whelps on Cody's um, upper chest uh, where that injury was. So. Um, you know, hey, kid, you're back. 
let's go. And it was just phenomenal to see Cody Rhodes uh, win the uh, 2023 Royal Rumble and get a shot at um, WrestleMania. And what uh, Michael Cole said, he goes, the American nightmare is the winner. And now go get your American dream, you know, referring to the American dream, Dusty Rhodes. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And one thing we got to talk about Gunther is he set the record for the time as far as in the ring at the Royal Rumble. It was an hour and almost right at 12 minutes that he lasted in the WWE Royal Rumble. He set the record once again for the longest participant uh, in history, uh, which is huge. And again, that just shows that how much they have put behind him and how much of a true wrestler and passion he has for this. And he can definitely, you know, last. So definitely look for him to be a main eventer uh, real soon. Uh, I, I feel like we're going to get that. One thing I kind of want to know with Gunther, just in, you know, as y'all saw, was the stare down between him and Brock Lesnar. And this is something that we kind of brought up about a month or month and a half ago about a possible WrestleMania match. But again, I say that, and then we get the Bobby Lashley storyline picking up. So I don't know if that's going to be put on hold. Do we see Bobby and, and Brock finishing out Elimination Chamber? But uh, that would be fun to see too, Gunther and uh, Brock Lesnar. Uh, down the line hey we're going to get right into it because this is a long uh pay-per-view and uh we have su such a short time with you guys bray wyatt is the next match against la knight in the mountain dew pitch black match and of course we had no clue what this was going to be i was like hey fanboy i think we're going to get the lights out and a spotlight but man the presentation of this match was next level they had the neon glow ropes they had lasers shining through the arena. The match wasn't the best, um, but the two definitely did what they, you know, had to work with as far as the cars they were dealt. Uh, what's your thoughts here on the Spray Wyatt match? It was very interesting because, you know, Bray came out with this black on his eyes, and then when the lights were out, his face looked different. He had, like, red contacts, looked kind of spooky, and it looked like he had a six uh, on the side, so maybe that was for the Wyatt six. L.A. Knight, you know, Thing. Yeah, it was a very unique match, very different. I don't think fans knew what to expect. But at the end of the day, <clears throat> we had talked about maybe all the characters coming out. And sure enough, you know, it was a quick match, you know, a couple of spots. But at the end, Bray Wyatt gets the uh, win with Sister Abigail. And then um, he's in the corner again, and then he has another mask on. He almost looked like the guy from um, Star Wars. Was it what's his name? The the guy with the red saber. Yeah, the dark, yeah that's what that's exactly Dark Maul. Yeah, right. The, the Dark Maul, and then you know, LA Knight's going back, still hitting him with that neon kendo stick. It was kind of funny. And then he takes him up, and then um he gives him Mambo Claw, and then you see Uncle Howdy on this big um riser and he jumps up and hits him, and then you see the rest of the Firefly Funhouse just like looking. So maybe this is the end for LA Knight and Bray Wyatt. Now it's interesting to see where he goes. And um, yeah, we'll have to wait to SmackDown to see what goes on with Bray Wyatt in his future. I think the crowd was pretty flat on this match. They didn't know what to expect. They didn't know what they're watching. It was kind of hard to see. Um, if you looked at the screens in the arena, you could see a little clearer course. But um, yeah, I don't think this hurts LA Knight at all. I think everyone's going to look past this and, and kind of move forward. I give them props for trying something different. And the match again lasted five minutes, five seconds. Like Fanboy said, it was it was quick. 
Hey, Bianca Belair is coming out, defending her title next against Alexa Bliss. This match lasted seven minutes and 35 seconds. And to be honest, I felt like this was kind of flat. There was a couple good spots here and there. Uh, we end up getting Bianca Belair defeating Alexa Bliss by pinfall. And I think, fanboy, I think the Royal Rumble's men match, the adrenaline was high. And then we just got flushed. And I think everything was downhill as far as energy-wise until we got to the women's Royal Rumble match. I kind of felt bad for the Bray Wyatt LA Knight and Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss match. I think the match between Alexa Bliss and um, Bianca was decent, but I think it was more to, like we always talk about, the storytelling. And, of course, after Bianca went, she leaves, and Alexa Bliss is just there devastated. And then you see a video package of um, basically Uncle Howdy and basically saying, Alexa, do you think you're in control? So it just furthers it on that. Is Alexa Bliss going to finally give in to Uncle Howdy and go with the Wyatt Six or things like that? So I was it was okay because at the end of the day, we knew that Alexa was going to uh, dethrone Bianca uh, for the title. And then um, we jump into the women's, um, you know, um, Royal Rumble match. And I'm going to go through the names real quick so that everybody knows that didn't watch it. And then we'll go from there. So one was Rhea Ripley, two, Liv Morgan, Dana Brooke, three, Emma, four, Shayna Baszler, five, Bailey, six, BFAB, seven, Roxy Press, Renext, eight, D Dakota Kai, nine, Eo Sky, ten, Natalie, eleven, which we hadn't seen in a while, Candice LeRae at twelve, Zoe Stark at thirteen, uh, then X, what's his her name? Selena I, the, the the one that comes out with the the kin the big old sword. Zia Lee. There you go, Zia Lee. Thank you. She yeah. was at 14. Then Big Time Bex at 15. Ooh, big Time Bex, baby. Tegan Knox, and of course, the returning Asuka, who came out, which we'll talk about a little bit, and looking a little different. Dewdrop, but now going by uh, Piper Niven at 18, Tamina at 19, and then Chelsea Green at 20, which was a surprise that we'll talk to. Selena Vega at 21, and then, of course, my girl, Raquel Rodriguez at 22, uh, Mia Yim or Meechin at 23, Lacey Evans at 24, Michelle McCool at 25, Indy Hartwell at 26, Sonya Deville 27, Shotzi 28, Nikki Cross at 29, and then 39 Jacks. I mean, good talent of women. Um, you know, of course, Rhea Ripley was my pick that we talked about. Uh, B-Fab really didn't show up. Uh, Roxy Perez, I think, did really well. Of course, damage control was dominant in there until Becky Lynch came out. You know, they were eliminating people. Definitely. Um, you know, one person that kind of stood out to me that has a future, man, is Zoe Stark. I need to watch her a little bit more in NXT. She looks like a wrestler. She's athletic. She's strong. She lasted 26 minutes and 34 seconds. That's somebody that I'm going to keep my eye on out. Uh, I think you should, too, uh, brothers of discussion, listeners. I just wanted to throw that out there. And then Oxa coming out. There was speculation that, you know, she had been upset with herself and sad and she had put stuff on social media that something was new and when she came out she didn't come out with a regular mask she came out with like almost like a dragon mask and when she took that mask off it was like a little more crazy psychotic oscar which was the fans loved yeah shorter hair with the with the new like clown-esque like painting on her face like an evil type deal she got in the ring she started dancing i'm like no don't do that we're, we're trying to get a new oscar and you know she didn't that didn't last long but uh, you know I'm high on Oscar. Just as an entertainer, um, she's so good. 
Yeah, and she ended up making in the top last three, and we'll talk about that here in a second. But I know you want to talk about your girl, Chelsea Green, that you had talked about. And unfortunately for her, she has now the shortest time in a women's Royal Rumble match of five seconds, getting eliminated by Rhea Ripley. That's right. And, uh, yeah, so we'll see what she does. I, I believe she'll be on SmackDown. I don't think she'll be on Raw. Uh, Zelina Vega, uh, I didn't know until I watched it, but she was actually dressed up as a Street Fighter character because um, Street Fighter Six is ready for pre-order um, now. And I guess WWE and Street Fighter have this agreement to push um, the new video game. So, Dude, I was thinking I about what where is that character from? And I'm so glad he said Street Fighter. I was like telling my kids, like, look at this. And she is so short and tiny, but she's a performer, man. She's a little firecracker. I love the outfit. I was digging it. Yeah. And then, of course, the biggest swoop, but not really. Uh, Michelle McCool said she wasn't asked. And then, of course, at number 25, she's sitting there and her music comes out and she gets in the ring or, or Tamina's in her way. So she hits her and says, get out of my way and get in the ring. And she does a Styles Clash. And I was like, whoa, she still got it. Yeah, so she didn't get invited. And then she came out on Twitter saying nine days before the Rumble, she got the call uh, saying that she was going to be in the Rumble. And Michelle McCool credits all the WWE Universe for jumping on social media and saying, hey, no, we want her. So uh, that was kind of cool for her to say that um, because thanks to you fans, I was able to uh, get on the show. So that was pretty cool. Raquel Rodriguez, I just want to point out, I know you're high on her. I'm high on her. Uh, she's got a really bright future. She looks like a star. Again, I like how we're getting these Rhea Ripley's and, uh, you know, Raquel Rodriguez. Uh, they just look different and, and than the average woman, if you will. Hey, Indy Hartwell, not a bad showing. NXT uh, representing. Uh, I know you uh, you kind of popped for her when she came out. Do you like her? Do you see anything coming down the road for her? Still a little green, but she can be a better wrestler. I think she loves, needs a little more mic skills. But she's not bad. She's not bad. Um, she has a good look. She's fairly tall. Um, but with some good work, I think um she can be um in the in the playing field. Don't know if she'll be a star. I mean, she won't be a mega star like I believe Raquel will be, but uh, I mean she can be maybe like a Natalie, you know, 10, 15 years down the road that someone you can rely on that, hey, we need somebody. You're the, you are a person that she's just a, a leader in the locker room as she just gets better and better. But I am a fan of Indy Hartwell. Yeah, man. And Lacey Evans is doing some great hill work. I thought she stood out in the rumble a little bit as well. And one person I really was excited was Nikki Cross going back to that psychotic uh, persona just fits her character so well when she's in that zone. Um, I thought she showed up and showed out uh for that and of course we got nia jackson number 30 that was a huge surprise there was a blooper oh well no yeah there was it was a mess up all of a sudden the crowd 10 9 8 7 and then we get the music and we're like six five oh my goodness it's nia jacks man they messed that up and i'm sure somebody got fired that night but yeah nia jacks uh ends up making it number 30 that was definitely a surprise and it does not look like it's a one-off uh it looks like she is back with the company they all ganged up on her and tossed her out the crowd was telling her uh hey 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 goodbye so don't let yeah, the door she got straight out. straight boo heat say straight you up. can't wrestle i thought the funniest thing out of that was whenever she gave the dx chop to the girls after she got <laughs> yeah. eliminated um you had told me when we were driving back that it is official she is back twitter was not happy 
but we'll see what happens um, with her. But again, she's part of that family, the Samoan dynasty. So there's always a way. You know, the knock on her is not, she can't work great. I get why she's there. I mean, she's pretty for a a plus size model. And she's the plus size model. And she's big and she's physical and she's tall and all that. And so I get why the looks there, but yeah, you know, of course everyone's concern is, you know, hurting wrestlers and things of that nature. It's not safe. That's what they yeah, say. Not safe, man. Not safe at all. But what's safe is Rhea Ripley's record. She is now the longest uh, women's participant in a Royal Rumble at an hour with one minute and eight seconds, breaking Bianca Belair's 2021 Royal Rumble at 56 minutes and 52 seconds. So pretty cool. We see uh, Gunther breaking the record for the men's and Rhea Ripley breaking for the woman. But I do want to get to the very end of that match because I thought it was fantastic. Uh, Of course, we get Liv, Asuka, and Rhea Ripley. They're on the outside once again of the apron, outside of the ring. Asuka comes in, about to eliminate Rhea Ripley, uh, but we end up getting Asuka and getting eliminated, unfortunately. Um, well, the way it happened was she spit the mist, right. re-adopted, and then it got on Liv, and then she just gave her like a little uh, sweep of the leg, and ga- down goes Asuka, which she looked like she was still happy and wasn't mad, and she was just looking at her. So then you have the final two of Liv and Rhea going at it, and Liv cannot see. She's blind. She's just swinging trying to see where Rhea Ripley is. She looked like somebody at the middle of the night trying to reach for the, uh, you know, the flashlight and stuff. And I'm sorry, I'm glad you you had me kind of rewind back a little bit because, yeah, I did want to say about that miss, but, uh, man, great spot at the end. I mean, Rhea is hanging on to the top rope by a thread. You, It looks like she's about to plant those feet on the ground. Here comes Liv trying to, you know, navigate her way with the mist in her eye. And she's and just punching the, at her hand. Yeah, punching at her hand, trying to knock her down. And Rita Ripley's strength, core strength, is unbelievable. She lifts up her legs, gets Liv in a scissor-like position, and does like a leg pull down. And she just completely throws Liv out. And she does a flip onto the outside. Rhea hangs on for the win. And she is your 2023 Women's Royal Rumble winner unbelievable match i that was an exciting match i haven't seen a women's match and men's match uh to this caliber in a while i just want to say i'm two and oh my pick cody rhodes and my pick rhea ripley those are my picks yeah man you 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 nailed it i liked rhea i didn't get the cody one right i just thought he needs to earn his way back in but you know he does have my respect as a performer i just not really high on him for some reason Maybe that will grow on me. Maybe Cody will grow on me. Maybe because he left and I was kind of uh, mad about that, of course, going to start a new promotion. And maybe I hold that against him. I don't know. But, man, good luck to him. I hope everything works out for both uh, him and Rhea Ripley. Who do you think Rhea Ripley is going to go after? uh, Bianca Belair. Who do you want to see? I know Bianca Belair. By the way, speaking of Bianca Belair, she was kind of uh, down that Charlotte return and won the championship because she, Bianca Belair, even said, she wanted to face Charlotte at Mania, and that's the match I want to see. Who knows? It could possibly happen. You never know. But, um, yeah, Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair is not bad as well. Hey, they're both NXT homegrown talent. Hey, why not? Uh, of course, Cody, who do we get to see Cody? Do we get to see the Tribal Chief? I don't know. We're going to talk about that right now as we get Roman Reigns taking on Kevin Owens. In the main event, the match lasted 19 minutes and 15 seconds for the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. We get Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn coming down. 
throughout the match, which was a good match, is we were waiting for this test. Um, anything that kind of stood out in this match that you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, great spots. I mean, other than that, KO getting his head hit on the back of the of the ring steps, Roman just throwing them. That was painful to watch. And, and But that just shows how good storytelling is and how you can use the friendship because there's no secret. Sammy and, and Kevin Owens have been friends for, what, 20, 30-plus years. You could see the concern on Sammy's face. There's even a spot where Sammy's just like, stay down. Stay down, Kevin, because if you get up, you know, the tribal chief is going to do what he has to do to win this match. And it was, it was a good match. Kevin getting his shots in, Roman getting his in. You know, we get to the end of the match. They're going back and forth because Roman wanted a chair. And then uh, Sammy hesitates. And that gives Kevin Owens the opportunity to do a stunner. But Roman kicks out. And then it's automatic after that. Big old spear. One, two, three. And then we're like, where's the test that like, um, you know, uh, Roman Reigns is victorious, but we didn't have a test. Well, we almost got teased with the test because during the match at the end, Roman's telling Sammy, go get a chair. So you see the chair coming in the ring and we're like, oh, okay, here's the test. But you're right. We didn't get a test. And all of a sudden, boom, Roman Reigns gets the victory by pinfall. One, two, three. And all of a sudden we get the Usos jumping the rail here and solo. Uh, here we go. Usos beating down Kevin Owens. I mean, it was just a complete beatdown. They ended up handcuffing poor Kevin Owens to the ropes. Can't defend himself. And now we're here we are getting the test. Roman Reigns was about to hit him and Sammy stood in front of Kevin. Better than this. This is beneath you. And then that's when Roman says, you're right. It is beneath this. You do it. And then he's jaw jacking him. He's giving him the things like, we're your family. Who gave you everything? He goes, you're with the bloodline. You're with the main event. You're with the family. Or do you want to go do jackass stuff? I mean, he was basically calling Sammy out saying, look, ever since you joined the bloodline, it's been the top for you. And basically, like, do you want to go back to what you were doing prior to joining the bloodline? Yeah, like this is not going to get any better for you. So, hey, here's the test. And hey, you do it. And here we go. Sammy Zayn. Has about he's looking so concerned. You could tell he doesn't want to do it. He's nervous about this. He doesn't want to let the travel chief down. But at the same time. But remember uh, when he was hesitating that Roman gets in his face and he's like, do it. And he starts pushing him and like almost like slapping him in the face. Yeah. Like do it, hit him, do it now. And Sam, you could tell Samuel's getting mad. He was getting mad. Roman turns around, looks at Kevin Owens. And then it was the. Chair shot around the world. The place erupted. We have Sami Zayn turning on the tribal chief with a chair shot to the back. Oh, no, he looks at Jay. Sorry. And he throws right. down the chair. And then that's when Jimmy gives him the super kick right to the right to the jaw. We get Solo jumping in. Jay is over in the corner. Him. Doesn't want to have anything to do with it. All of a sudden, we got uh, the bloodline minus Jay. Beating down Sami Zayn here. And now Roman is taking chair shots to Sami Zayn. And it's looking like, man, he's going to look like Kevin Owens here in a second. And uh, Jay has nothing to do with it. In fact, Jay leaves the ring. And he's just is upset about the situation. And you know what I find ironic is this is Jimmy was the one that was kind of, you know, Sami's homeboy for the whole time until Jay, you know, past couple weeks has jumped on board and, 
And now the roles have reversed. Jay's more cool with Sammy than Jimmy is, obviously, because we see it there. Where do we go from here? I'm thinking we're going to get main event Jay coming back because over the weekend, we get Jay's Twitter account, Jay saying he's out. And we got Roman Reigns uh, after the Rumble saying you're either in the bloodline or you're not. Uh, man, this storyline has definitely uh, taken another turn here. Yeah, um, it was interesting for Jay to get out of the ring because if you've been following this story, Jay even said, I don't trust you. You're just trying to break us up and this and that. And at the end of the day, it was Jimmy who and Solo who just did Roman's bidding and just got on Sammy. Didn't uh, factor that Sammy had been taking bullets for the bloodline, saving Roman Reigns' title, saving the Usos' title when um, Jay got hurt. Was it Jay that got hurt? Yeah, it Jay was Jimmy, got hurt. Jimmy, Jimmy got hurt. Jimmy yeah. got hurt, and he saved the Bloodline's tag team championship match around 30. And I just think the way Jay just rolled out, he was just thinking how Roman treated him whenever he was like, dude, you're not my tribal chief, and until he fell in the line. And I think he's just like, it doesn't matter what I do because the minute I want to do something or whatever and, and the tribal chief doesn't agree, I'm out. I'm super intrigued by this fanboy because we thought as the uh, WWE universe, we were going to get Jimmy and Jay taking on Kevin Owens and Sammy. And that sure looked like that was going to happen. And then now this Jay leaving the bloodline is definitely throwing a huge wrinkle. What do they do with the tag team titles? That's a whole nother storyline. So man, this is definitely developing into a much bigger storyline than just, you know, the bloodline. So now it's kind of starting to break up here. Well, all this really showed too is just uh, that Sammy is hot, uh, is white hot. Um, but at even at the end, I mean, we were there. The fans were just angry with Roman. They're like, you know, f you, Roman, like loud. I mean, you could even hear it on the premiere live event on uh, when you watch it on Peacock. Big time and, heat. Yeah, big time heat. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because. You know, there's some people that be like, yes, Cody Rhodes won the Rumble. He should get the shot. But I think people want to see Sammy as a world champion. So now you have to navigate that. Uh, do you split the titles? What do you do? Or can uh, Cody say, I just want to go after the WWE title? I, I, I don't know. It's just so much that you can do with this. But, but I think Sammy needs to get a payday to finish the story off right. Yeah, no doubt. And what better way to be in his hometown for Elimination Chamber at Montreal? That's where it could take place. We're definitely going to find something out on Monday Night Raw tonight. And I feel like this is going to be highly anticipated. Um, and WWE is getting <laughs> really, really good here. I think it's almost must-see television at this point uh, going forward, especially on our way to WrestleMania. What are you most looking forward to tonight on Monday Night Raw? I'm looking forward to... Cody Rhodes coming out. Um, does the bloodline come out? Does Roman come out by himself? Bianca saying, you know, come on out. Rhea Ripley, do you want to face me? Yeah, just to see where we're going to get our title shots, participants, and who just doesn't love to have a Monday Night Raw after a WWE Prime event from this past weekend. Will Brock be there? Will Brock and Bobby go at it again? Will the Hurt Business try to get Bobby to come back? I mean, there's just so much to unravel on the roads to WrestleMania. Yeah, I see what you did there. Roads, as in Cody Rhodes, 
to WrestleMania. Uh, it's definitely going to go kick off tonight here on Monday Night Raw. Uh, Fanboy Dave, before we head off into the sunset, anything that you can think of that you want to uh, discuss or anything you're looking forward to in the next few weeks? Yeah, I'd like to say, you know, it was cool to be out there at the Rumble. We met a few cool people out there. I met uh, two guys from the Cincinnati area. It was his first Royal Rumble, which I think that's always great whenever you do have fans and uh, they get to go to uh, WWE events, but then they actually get like their first pay-per-view. I mean, I still remember my first WrestleMania, which was WrestleMania 25, my first Rumble 1997. I mean, those are just memories you don't forget. And then, of course, the guys we met that were sitting in front of us who from became, Houston. Yeah, that became uh, new listeners and say, hey, I want to listen to y'all's podcast. I mean, also that. And then um, you tell me last week that we have another country listening to us now. I mean, so it's just been great. Yeah, and the new country we have is Philippines. So, that, man, how cool is that? We have Germany uh, these past couple of weeks. I mean, now we have the Philippines, Canada, Mexico, and, of course, the U.S. Man, we're we're, we're, we're starting to come global, uh, fanboy. We're starting to go global. Oh, settle down. Don't we have India as well, too? We have India. Yeah, that's right. Especially right after the Crown Jewel. Uh, we picked a few listeners right after that event. So, pretty neat. neat stuff. But like we always say, it's thanks to you because you have so many podcasts that you can listen to. So we do appreciate every fan that we get. Um, it is very appreciative. And we just like to thank the Brothers of Discussion listeners for listening to us each and every week. Yeah, no doubt. Again, this is week 28. And we're just going to keep rolling and rolling with these podcasts for you guys on Brothers of Discussion. We will see you here next week for week 29. See ya. See ya.